Hi, and welcome to another episode of Ask Ellie, Intuitive Insights and Your Questions Answered. Today is May 25th, and you're listening to another episode. And if you're new to the podcast, I am your hostess, Ellie Molina. I am an international intuitive psychic educator, author, and the founder of PsyKids, a magical place where children and their adults can tap into their inner magic and develop their intuitive and psychic abilities. I also offer psychic readings, which you can schedule online at my website, elliemolina.com. And I offer consulting programs. Uh, Two of my signature programs are Quantum Leaping and Mind Power Consulting. This is where you step into an alternate reality and create the life that you say you want. It's rapid, it works. And people who have gone through this program have had amazing and wonderful experiences. Well, today I want to talk to you a little bit about astrology before I introduce my exciting guest. Astrologically, we're heading towards another new moon on Monday, May 30th. But before we get there, Sunday, May 29th, you want to circle your calendar for some magical work. On Sunday, Mars will conjunct Jupiter and Aries. And this is a wonderful day to get into the new in the world. So if you want to create something new, this is the day to get it recorded. This is the day to begin to step into it. We're midpoint of the calendar year and prime time to get dreams created as you step into a new reality. Another day that I always circle on my calendar is May 27th. That is the birthday of my favorite tarot reader, Madame Le Normand, who we will speak about shortly. And today I am super excited to have Mary Greer with us. Mary is an independent scholar, writer, teacher, and professional tarot consultant who's been studying and reading tarot for over 50 years. She has an MA in English literature, and first taught, first taught tarot at a Florida university in 1974. And she continued to, to teach it for 11 years at a college in San Francisco. She's the author of 12 books on tarot and on magic, and was the first to write about reading tarot for oneself. She pioneered what is called the right method, readings that are interactive, transformational, and empowering. She's featured at most tarot conferences in the United States and abroad, and Mary travels the world teaching tarot and Lenormand cardamancy. And so Mary also offers amazing courses and classes online through globalspiritualstudies.com, and that link will be available on the podcast in the descriptions and on YouTube. Well, today we're going to talk about Mary and her abilities as a historian and a tarot reader. And at the same time, we're going to be talking about Madame Lenormand. So hi, Mary. I'm so honored to have you here with me and to, intru- and to introduce you to our listeners today. Hi, Mary, and 
thank you, thank you, thank you for being here today and being our guest on Ask Ellie Intuitive Insights and your questions answered. Like I said before, I am so honored that you are here to share your knowledge about the tarot and about Madame Lenormand and what you're doing yeah. now and, oh, your years of research and all of your work. Um, can we talk just a little bit about how you got started in this? So many of my listeners aren't familiar with your work just yet, but they will be. So. <laughs> well, uh, it all started, of course, with tarot. Mm -hmm. And that was um, back in 1967, mm -hmm. uh, Christmas, where my best friend, um, I went over to her house, of course, Christmas morning, so we could share the presents that we got. And um, she had gotten Eden Gray's book, the tarot revealed for Christmas, but mm -hmm. no cards. So that was one of the very few books that was available at the time. And especially a book that um, put it in very normal kind of language that anybody could understand, mm -hmm. rather than being very esoteric. It was focused on reading with simple meanings, uh, very direct. But um, I looked at that book and said, this is it, because I was in college. Um, my I had just been learning about Jungian material, Carl Jung's uh, mm -hmm. psychology mm -hmm. and Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at these cards and going, that's what these are all about. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if I wanted to see how the archetypes were working in someone's personal life, I realized that that's what a reading was. It was showing where mm -hmm. these archetypes were turning up. So I went on my first spiritual quest to mm -hmm. find a tarot deck. Mm -hmm. I was living in Tampa, Florida, um, and um, somebody I went asking, where am I going to find these? Someone uh, told me about a metaphysical bookstore on the other side of town. I borrowed a funky car that had a hole underneath the brake so that you could see the ground underneath. Oh, goodness. <laughs> you had to double clutch it in order to get from one gear to another. It was like, I'm, I'm mentioning this because it was this sense of a quest where I had to overcome all of these obstacles mm -hmm. to finally mm -hmm. arrive at my very first metaphysical bookstore. Wow. So early 68 by this time. And lo and behold, they had um, a couple of tarot decks. I bought one for me and one for my friend. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And um, that I decided that first year that someday I would teach it as an academic subject in college and that um, someday I would write a book about it. You know, when I got to be 60 or 70 years old and I had a lifetime's wisdom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you've so, written, if, you, if, if you, the information that I have is up to date, Mary, you yeah. have 12 books already, if not yeah. more. Is, is that correct? Did something yeah. come out since and, I, did I miss one? <laughs> no, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, there's one or two that are co-written with people, but I, uh, at least one of those is included in the 12. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And then I was reading, and if anybody wants to read more about your bio, I will suggest that people go over to Stephen or Stephen D. Winnick and read about your bio because he does mention all of the awards that you've won over the years and about your books and just all of the wonderful things that you've accomplished in this field of bringing tarot to the, I'm going to say to the lay person, you know, basically mm -hmm. to all of us, so that it's not oh. this mysterious thing that uh, we have to go and pay uh, 
tarot reader or something to tell us about our fortune, even though that's kind of fun still too, you know, I do like that. I, you know, I, I do readings myself, but I I just don't know the cards. (laughs) So, Uh so um, one of the things that can I, I know you've got a fascinating bio and we're going to come back and circle, but for the people who are listening today, what I'd like to do is share how I found you and, and why I found you. So it was 2017 and I had a dream and you probably have had, I'm assuming everybody has these, but who knows? I was dreaming and I heard a voice. It was one of those voices of like Darth Vader kind of in deep, deep voice. And it was, your name is Sybil. And I'm like, what? My name is not Sybil. I don't know what you, and I woke up and I was, I was almost frightened. He was like, what are you talking about? My name is Sybil. So then I said, you know, kind of that I grabbed my phone and I looked up, what does Sybil mean? And because I didn't really know, I honestly, and if I did know, I had forgotten. So Sybil is the one of the prophets. She's a, um, like a psychic. She's a psychic. And mm-hmm. it's like, then all of a sudden, right underneath the word Sybil, I saw the name Madame Lenormand. So now I'm fascinated and I'm starting to read about her and, um, I'm thinking to myself, well, this is a really, really fascinating woman. And I read that she's a seamstress and I'm reading about her bio. Obviously, you know, I'm reading about her bio from you. Okay. But I, (laughs) that was before, you know, I made the connection of, oh, let me invite Mary to the podcast. This is 2017. I'd never even thought of having a podcast. So I say to myself, wow, this is really cool. I want to know more about this Madame Lenormand. And all of a sudden, the next day, such weird stuff, Mary, my car keys are missing and I'm digging in my bag and I don't know where they are. And I put my hand into my bag and I prick my finger on a a sewing needle in my own handbag. Now, how the heck a sewing needle got in my handbag I have no clue because I wasn't sewing anything. I wasn't doing anything with pins and needles. And it really freaked me out. And then I I found my keys also. But I called my friend and I told her this story. And then I said, do you think it has something to do with Madame Lenormand and that I need to honor her and that I need to talk about her? And so... I said to myself, yeah, I think I'm, I do. So then I wrote a blog. I did some research um, based on Wikipedia and on your work. And then I mm-hmm. wrote a blog on her. And each year I have been doing something to honor her for her birthday as I made yes. this declaration that I was going to do it. And now May 27th is her birthday. And then here I said, oh my God, let me see if Mary will talk about Lenormand cards and tarot and even Madame Lenormand. And then we'll circle back and talk about you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually to add to the synchronicity, Carl Jung said that things that happen at the same time um, often have a meaningful connection. Mm -hmm. And we can uh, find those when there's something that sort of um, alerts us to it. And you mentioned Sybil. Yesterday, I was in a class with someone else who was doing an in-depth study of the greater Trumps. It's the first tarot novel that was written in 1932, I think. Um, And one of the main characters was called Sybil. 
um, in this tarot book. So it all comes back around to the Sibyls. Um, there were actually many of them uh, in the ancient days that um, gave prophecies. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, yeah, I think that's really important in the seamstress. And of course, uh, the weaving the web is a very much part of the whole goddess tradition. And I connect the Sibyls with kind of a, um, a you know, they're kind of goddess archetypes, even though they're not technically goddesses. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. uh, they've got the connection to that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, weaving the web and connecting all of these different things together. Um, so yeah, The Greater Trumps is a fabulous book on um, the, the tarot and its magic. And this Sybil uh, character in there is um, the one who's most closely in touch with uh, divine spirit in, um, in its love manifestation. So an elderly woman who kind of guides people um, very gently uh, mm -hmm. through their <laughs> various problems and issues. So, oh, my, oh my God. Well, you know, what's going to be my next book now. You know this, right? Okay. Uh -huh. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually going to go order it as soon as we get off our podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a rather strange book and um, I've read it at least six times. And every time I get it at a new level yeah. um, on the surface, it seems like it's kind of like, uh, but as you get to, you know, know the, um, the tarot more and more deeply, it, it it becomes more meaningful and magic. It's all about tarot and magic. Oh, so, I love yeah. I love this. Oh, thank you for sharing. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Madam Lenormand, happy birthday. Uh, <laughs> so, um, oh, I forgot to figure out how old she would have been. Uh, we don't know for sure whether she was born in 1772 or 1768. I would imagine it was probably the earlier date, just because people like to always see themselves as younger than they really are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, there's a lot of confusion about what uh, her actual date is. Um, yeah, she was in a convent for a while, uh, then got trained as a seamstress, then went to Paris, and then started her, oh, um, and was taught when she was 14 while she was still at the convent. Somehow she had come across some gypsy women who did readings with cards and taught her how to do that. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's supposed to come down from a gypsy tradition. Mm -hmm. The cards that we call Linamon have nothing to do with her directly, <laughs> except that they stole her name. And that happened a lot with people who became very famous, especially in fields like this, where when they died, they weren't um, important enough to have people go around co correcting the story. So she died in um, 1843, and by 1845, two years later, a deck came out called the Lenormand deck. Mm -hmm. She did use cards, all different kinds of cards in her readings. Ah, so okay. she would often have stacks of different kinds of fortune telling cards, playing cards, even tarot cards on the table. And she would tell the client to... Um, to uh, shuffle the cards, cut them with her left hand. That's the first mention I've ever, ever heard of cutting with your left hand, which became a tradition. And then um, to um, pull out a certain number of cards. Mm -hmm. And she would do that with many, many different decks so that the table was probably filled 
with selections of cards from all these different decks. And that was one of the ways that she would tell someone's fortune. She read for Josephine, um, the wife of Napoleon, supposedly Mm -hmm. for Napoleon, that's more questionable, Robespierre, uh, people during the and after the French Revolution. Yeah. And so I, amazing I, woman. Yeah. Right. And I know she was imprisoned, right? You had mentioned yeah. that also, that she spent some time in prison. At and- least twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> partly her fortune telling and partly because she was also um, kind of semi-active in politics around uh, bringing back a regency to France. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, she was pretty active in that. Mm-hmm. Early and, got, yeah. and I have so this is just a scientific question where were you where were you able to get all of your information from because you are uh, one of the few authors that have anything written in English as far as I know um, there's other people who've done it um, she herself wrote many books like at least right. six or eight books mm-hmm. uh, but I they're all in French and I don't read French the my friends who read French say it's painful going through them. Oh. Uh, both the language is odd. It's very boring. She doesn't talk that much about her fortune telling. She doesn't re- uh, reveal any of her techniques, which, of mm. course, all my friends, that's what we're looking for. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Um, so she goes into the politics. She goes into life stories, um, you know, about how she gets arrested at various times. Mm-hmm. Um the rest of it is, um, you know, very little known except for all of these um, book and newspaper accounts mm-hmm. of people who had readings from her. Right. And we've got probably at least 10 or 12 of those, and there may be more out there. Wow. Um, so the thing, the thing I find fascinating is that with somebody like her, where there's so much mystery about her life and who she really was and how she practiced, they're remarkably consistent mm-hmm. in telling the story of what happened when they went to see her. Mm-hmm. So we do have a good view, not so much of her personally, but of the basic process. And that, um, you know, not her inner techniques. <laughs> Right, which is what right. we really want. Right. Um, not her ideas about what cards meant. Um, but uh, people would go um, sometimes by appointment or they would just show up. There would be a waiting room where there was usually several people waiting. Um, an assistant uh, who would then, um, you know, come in, tell them to that they were waiting and then would usher them into an inner sanctuary room that um, had cloths around it, would have all kinds of um, occult Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. uh, in the room that gave the atmosphere. And these include things like stuffed crocodile, (laughs) an owl, stuffed Mm -hmm. owl, um, you know, skulls. um, Yeah, just all that kind of crazy paraphernalia. And then she was described as being small and not very attractive. As a matter of fact, sometimes people would go, you know, a greasy hat on. <laughs> uh, that was one of the favorite things that people in describing um, uh, pejoratively readings will talk about greasy cards, greasy clothing. 
So yeah, those kinds of comments that um, she was rather ugly and those were mostly by people who were coming to her when she was in her 60s. Mm-hmm. And of course, back then being in your 60s meant that you had lived a pretty hard, long, hard life and mm. probably did not look as good as people in their 60s today. Probably. So. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's fascinating. That's fascinating. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Mary, can you tell, can you tell our listeners, I have a, they can't see this, but I have a little deck of, yeah. blue. these are the yeah. blue owl cards. And as uh-huh. I just, I just learned now from you that she did not create these, um, but they are given to, they've give, been given her name. So um, I yeah. know that I, I know that you do a course on reading this and interpreting mm-hmm. these cards. So if anyone were to just pick up a card and read like for it. Oh, well, I guess that's not meant. What about this one? (laughs) (laughs) The bear. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So um, the bear is of course, this big figure who's known for being very ferocious for protecting their young. Mm -hmm. So for most people, it's associated with the mother. Um, There's are some people that associate it with the father and ironically the other side or more contemporary view, in addition to mother, is uh, people like policemen and soldiers and, you know, people who are big, are fierce, are protective. Mm-hmm. Um, it can also uh, relate to money, stored money, mm-hmm. because, of course, bears hibernate. hibernate. They, you know, it's like things put aside. And so um, you've got the fish card, which is um, fluid cash, you know, cash mm-hmm. that's on mm-hmm. hand, mm-hmm. Uh, easily accessible, and then stored food is, um, or not food, but uh, money is uh, under the bear. So you've got mother, you've got um, officials that are by profession supposed to be protecting us, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you have stored money or finances. Those Mm -hmm. are the main things. Mm -hmm. There are people who add more contemporary meanings Mm -hmm. um, to it. One of the differences between tarot and Lenormand is the tarot is a symbol system. You project onto those symbols, things that you associate with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, if you've got a dog in a tarot card, then you talk about you know, uh, dog-like uh, behavior, instinctual behavior. Um, you know, what's guiding you if the dog's running ahead of you or if he's biting at you, you know, how is he dogging you? Mm-hmm. Um, in Lenoman, there are set meanings. Mm-hmm. I see. There's some variation in it, but you stick, if there's a dog, well, there is a dog card. Let's, um, a better example is the child card that shows a young child playing. And the child card basically means child or children, new, mm-hmm. young, innocent, naive. So those are the basic, oh, and play. It can mm-hmm. be also play. So those are the basic meanings for it. But often, in, depending on the deck you have, the mm-hmm. child card is often um, has a butterfly net and is going after a butterfly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he's playing with a ring and other things. Well, I've seen people look at that card and start talking about the butterfly being transformation. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. You don't read the symbols on the card. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't look and say, oh, that butterfly that he's trying to catch, the child's trying to catch is significant for something that you're going after or some dream that you have or, um, you know, like I said, transformation. Mm -hmm. So it's the set meaning of the child card. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the biggest differences. Um, another example is that there's a card called mice and the core meaning of it is. Oh, I was just looking at, I was just <laughs> looking at that one. Say that the mice here, number 23 on this deck. So I, yes. I'm not sure all the decks are the same. So it's yeah. 23 with the mice. They're all, yeah, they're all numbered 23. And traditionally it is thievery, stealing, um, uh, destruction of things, uh, stuff getting dirty, um, you know, being like when there's mouse droppings left around. So mm-hmm. all those kinds of things, gnawing away at something. Right. So those I, are the, the, the basic mm-hmm. meanings. But a lot of contemporary, there's so many hundreds, literally hundreds of new on decks where there's artists who do their own versions of these classic pictures. They love to make cute mice, not all of them, but Mm. a great many Mm -hmm. of them do have mice playing, frolicking, looking so adorable. And one of the things I try to, I emphasize in all my classes is mice are not cute. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not cute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're not playful. And so you can't read the image. Right. Or you're, or if you do read it, you're reading not a Lenormand style reading, you're using this deck of images for your own oracular intuitive reading, mm-hmm. which is something else entirely. So yeah, because uh-huh. I have a question. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know the meanings of the Lenormand yeah. cards. But if I were looking at the mice, the first yeah. thing that I would go to immediately would be deceit and perhaps gossip or um deceit is where I would go first. And would that be one of her, would that be? Um, um, not, not really. The mm-hmm. um, gossip is birds. Um, mm-hmm. the, see, there's specific things. Deceit mm-hmm. is um, the fox, mm-hmm. fox mm-hmm. card. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, there's other cards that specifically mean those things. Mm-hmm. It's definitely thievery. Um, or the, the farthest it goes off from that core idea is, you know, gnawing away, eating away at something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and the idea of um, making stuff dirty, uh, filthy, you know, shit upon. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's, that's definitely what mice are. So uh, the other thing that's important is that you don't read individual cards. Mm-hmm. Cards are read in relationship to each other. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a noun and an adjective mm-hmm. where you would say house, but I mean, house, what house, you know, mm-hmm. whose house, <laughs> what kind of condition is the house in? Is the mm-hmm. house for sale? Is it mm-hmm. a, a fancy house? Is it a, a cheapo house? Um, that's the adjective. So it takes at least one other card, if not more. Oh, so to like give three you cards the, to give us a story. Yes, ah. exactly. Oh, can we do can can we do something fun? At least I think it's fun. Can I pull sure. three cards and you create a story? Is that okay? Yeah, well, you need to have a question. It can't okay. be a yes no question. Um, um, it's possible to do yes no uh, answers, but that's not as um, that's that's tricky. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, how about this one? I got a question. Okay. Um, 
what's next for me? <laughs> oh, l- listeners, don't you want to know? So oh, actually, that would be more like the full Linnemann spread, which is uh, all 36 cards. We'll, we'll do it with three cards. But right, let's just, uh, we're playing. That's okay? normally what you would do with all 36 cards. You'd okay. lay them all out. All right. We're just so, going to play. We're just going to okay. play. Immediate this next. Is, um, immediate next. We're going to play. Okay. So yeah. I'm, pull- I'm going to pull the 20. I'll show it to you. I'm pulling yeah. the 20. So the garden. All right. Yeah. I'm going to give you the next two. The garden. Um, eight. Is this the tower? Looks like a radio tower to me. Um, Can oh, you see this? No, it's the coffin. Eight. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. A coffin. It's so interesting. Yeah. You know what it looks like to me? It looks like um, 5G. <laughs> uh, oh, right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. And then we have 11 over here. This, this and 11, thing. which is the um, the whips. Oh, goodness. I yeah. don't like this reading. But okay, <laughs> let's go for it. <laughs> I, it is a little bit um, difficult. Um, the, the first card um, is uh, a card for social interaction. And don't uh, hold back, okay? Don't hold back. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll just briefly say the first one is garden, which mm-hmm. is a social interaction and can be parties. It, it can be any kind of interaction. The um, eight card, which is the coffin card, is uh, the card on its left is ending. And the card on its right, at least in the, the version that I've got, the, the, um, oh, the deck that I prefer to use, which not all the decks have this cloth on top of the coffin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it closes off one side of the coffin and gives the sense that the other side is open for some kind of renewal. And then the card to the right, the next card is the, um, uh, the whips card, which is, um, uh, and we've got two, um, cards that are used as uh, punishment devices mm-hmm. for, for whipping or spanking. Um, uh, oh, what do you call it? The brush thing. Um, oh, can't remember the word for I know, it. Anyway, I know. yeah. Blagging, <laughs> um, blagging or something yeah. like that, whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, it would, and this, this is a card, um, this 11 card is uh, one of disagreements, conflicts, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, arguments. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, also it, it's any, anytime things get heated, the idea that, you know, these, uh, are fast moving when you're whipping, you're kind of whipping up energy. Um, uh, it can, can be a sexual card. Um, but if you're not planning on a sexual interlude after, right immediately afterwards, then it's probably something else. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, um, that when you're talking about what comes next, so we're not talking past, present, future, we're talking about kind of um, a a unit or sequence where you're closing yourself off from some kind of social interaction um, because of a disagreement, uh, some kind of, um, you know, seeing contrary. Um, And, you know, that's basically what it is. Uh, we can see because of the coffin card, the closed off side is by the social interaction. Mm-hmm. And so it would suggest that one of the immediate things is going to be some kind of, um, um, yeah, wanting to stop um, a, 
a social interaction with some, we don't see any people here, we don't know who they are, but a disagreement with some kind, of, and it could be even social media, although we don't have um, one of the cards that would indicate the media part, we do have the social part. Um, and we do have the idea of, um, because of an argument or disagreement, some kind of conversation going on. So um, I would say that because of the, of the whips card being on the right, that um, you might be speaking out rather harshly to somebody whose or a group whose opinions you don't agree with and, and don't um, don't want to share. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, I, I will keep yeah. that in check. So thank you, Mary. Yeah. So, <laughs> if and when that may, if that does come up and it could even yeah. be perhaps in my personal life is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. So we don't I, have an idea of where it right, is. Right. So look at my face yeah. all flushed. Thank God they can't see me. Um, yeah. if this does if this does come up in my personal yeah. life, I will pay extra careful attention yeah. to this and be mindful of this warning, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So Thank you. I, Thank I you. don't know if it has anything to do with social media, but at its most extreme, it might be um, you know, blocking somebody or leaving a group. Um, that, that would be if it was in that context. If it's personal, then it would just be um, that you don't agree with a more social perspective. Um, and so kind of turning away, walking away from that. But somehow with uh, the whips on the, on the right uh, and the open side of the casket, you still have to get your last word in. <laughs> you still have to kind of express how you disagree with whatever that is. Oh, do you know me personally? <laughs> no, <laughs> not, not before this. <laughs> now that we've done, the, that's one of the things with the Norman readings, especially when you read all 36 cards, the grand tableau is you do feel like you've, really gotten into somebody's personality oh my god <laughs> it is true i do enjoy getting the last word in especially in family um in family yeah. arguments okay yeah, yeah. very important mm -hmm. to me to be able to be the the last the last one who has the final say yeah uh -huh. so, oh god <laughs> confessions confessions on ask ellie <laughs> Oh, Mary, that was so much fun. I know that you said you no longer do personal readings, correct? Is that true? Or? Oh, I, I do do them. I don't advertise them. So okay. it's more, more people who know me who've um, um, you know, been my clients in the past, mm -hmm. um, that especially during COVID. Right. Um, you know, I mean, I could do online readings, but I prefer uh, in person. So for a while, we were doing uh, readings on my porch. Mm -hmm. um, occasionally mm -hmm. with, you know, mm -hmm. neighbors and friends. Mm -hmm. um, but and I was going to say, in case anybody, and in case our listeners wanted to reach out and get a reading, is that um, something? Nah, not really. If, sort it's, of, if it's something that they really, really are interested in my uh, style reading and my way of reading, mm -hmm. um, I, I do in general prefer doing uh, tarot readings. And mm -hmm. then I will use Le Noman if like at the end of the reading, somebody says, okay, I get the big picture and I get the lesson I need to be learning and uh, my options. And I, I see how, how important these elements are, but you know, is this going to work? And mm -hmm. if they're insisting right at the end, I'll do what I said I wouldn't do with you earlier, which is uh, yes, no reading with Le Noman, which 
I've been surprised at how accurate it can be. Mm. Um, and it's just a very quick, it's like, okay, we've gone over the big picture. Let's get a sense of what, um, you know, the, the immediate needs you have to know whether mm-hmm. you take a breath and let go or what. Right. Oh, this is fascinating. Uh, Mary, do you have a favorite deck that you use? Do you? Um, of of Linomon? No, no, just in oh. general. We're moving away from her. She has okay. her time. But I, <laughs> and I, so I want to thank you, you know, for sharing yeah. all about her. But um, yeah. I also want to, you have such a rich background and you have so much knowledge in Tarot and the history of Tarot and everything involved yeah. in it. So I would like to cover some of that, you know, and mm. um, we still have time. So yeah. uh, can you share a little bit about what your decks are, how you work and a little bit about your research, you know, just, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I try not to collect decks, but I've been doing this for 54 years now. Mm-hmm. And so I've got uh, several thousand decks. Oh. <laughs> um, and uh, there's probably only about, oh, maybe 20 that I go to with some regularity. Mm-hmm. And by that, I might mean a couple of times a year that I pick a particular deck out of those 20. Um, usually I'll try out a new deck, mm-hmm. but then I, I put it aside and tend to forget it unless it's one that really draws me back. So um, the deck that I use most often is the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, which was originally created in um, 1909. Uh, came out in December of 1909 and then uh, 1910. Was, um, can I interrupt you? Was yeah. that the deck that you first discovered back? Was that one of your first decks? Yes. Okay. Yes. That was mm-hmm. the very, and that's your baby. the great book <laughs> is about that deck. And that's the deck that I bought at that first bookstore. Yeah. yeah. And it's also um, the deck that if you have core meanings for the cards, you know, you, even though they can be, have infinite meanings, there's still certain core uh, sense for each card. And um, I find that if people who know nothing about tarot describe the card, talk about it, tell me what they um, uh, think the figures are feeling and what they, they feel that they're doing, that the words that they use are often those core words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so over and over again, people who've never seen a tarot deck before. So I go back to that again and again, because I know that what people are, I, I work interactively uh, with my clients. I work in a more of a therapeutic kind of way. And so um, I'm guiding them through what they see, the stories that they would tell about the cards that come up. Mm-hmm. And we look at those as metaphors mm-hmm. for things that are going on in their lives. Mm-hmm. So these cards are going to, uh, the Rider-Waite-Smith deck is going to be the most closely aligned as far as I've found with um, their own words and the core meanings of the cards. Mm -hmm. So I can work on two levels. I can look at the whole spread and see the overall pattern and direction that it's going and how cards are connected through correspondences, you know, astrological associations, mm-hmm. Kabbalistic associations mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. on. Um, so I could, that helps me see a pattern that relates very well with the words and um, stories that they've told and the way that they've seen the cards. With a lot of other decks, it can be very good as a projective device, but what they see in the cards may be very, very, very different 
than what the standard meanings of the cards are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm just fascinated by the fact that so many people get the standard meanings mm -hmm. more from this Rider Waite Smith deck than they do from almost any other deck. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you don't even, basically the lesson in that is that um, with that deck and, and so many of our contemporary decks are based on that deck. So I should add those in with, it, it doesn't have to be the original Rider-Waite-Smith. It can be one that's kind of closely based on it. Um, but it means that you don't really have to sit down and memorize meanings. Mm -hmm. With Lenormand, you really have to memorize your core meanings. Mm -hmm. With Tarot, you can use them. You can tell stories about them. Um, you can then go to the book and see how close you were. And mm -hmm. slowly over time, you kind of build these associations that are both personal as well as um, things that you find in the book that can expand on that or give you deeper insights into what your situation was mm -hmm. um, that you were describing. Yeah. Wow. The good thing about Le Normand is that there are only 36 cards. Is that what you said? Exactly. All right, yeah, so. and you don't read reversals, so it's it's just thirty six very core basic meanings. Mm -hmm. No, you can work with about three to five meanings for each of uh, you know single words or very short phrase for each of the cards, and you've got them down. Mm -hmm. All right, um, question: I yeah, is the book? Did you write? Is there a book on the Madame Lenormand meanings? There's several of them, and uh, most of them are quite good. Um, there's an excellent one by Kathleen Matthews. I don't remember the I don't remember the names of the books. And then one by Raina George. Um, Raina's is probably more practical oriented in terms of really concrete meanings. She does add some modern meanings, but first she gives you the mm -hmm. classic ones. Mm -hmm. And then she gives you some ones that she's add because she's been reading um, the, the Lenormand deck for over 50 years. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. She first learned in uh, Lebanon when she was a child and from an aunt who read them and has been reading them consistently ever since a lot. And um, so she has added some more modern mm -hmm. um, Very associations. Cool. Yeah. Like, um, like a 5G tower. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, I do trust her because I know she still relies primarily on the traditional core meanings. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. they come out of that rather than coming out of a pretty picture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's pretty wow. pictures or everything in tarot. <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah. my goodness. How exciting. Um, what a lesson. Um Okay, I want to, um, is there anything that you want to share about what you're doing now? Because otherwise, I'm going to start telling people where they can really get uh, a lot of information on your work. So is there something that you want to share about yourself and what yeah. you're doing right now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, primarily um, that you know, after COVID, or we're still on the, we're still on the tail mm -hmm. of it. Um, but we are going to be having our um, annual classes at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. That's a big new age summer camp that's in upstate New York, and people come from all over the world, mm -hmm. normally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but um, when, we, when are you going to be there? When are you we're gonna going to be there in July? There's uh, two sessions. The first one is a weekend. It's called Masters of Terror. Mm -hmm. and that's July 22nd to 24th and it's me Rachel Pollack who's uh, one of the great luminaries in tarot she and I've been teaching this together for 
30 years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, we bring in uh, other uh, teachers who are very well known in the field. So this year there'll be Jenna Matlin who has a wonderful, um, uh, 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 it's not a podcast, but it's yeah, a regular program online. Mm -hmm. uh, Nancy Hendrickson who does ancestral tarot, looking at ancestral patterns, whether you know who your ancestors are or not using tarot. And T. Susan um, Chang, who is an expert both in tarot correspondences and how to use them, but also Jungian psychology, um, uh, sim working with symbols and projection. She's, she's really amazing. All three of them are absolutely incredibly amazing. Yeah, and, um, you're, and you'll be there too. So and me and all of you will, be, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be absolutely incredible. Um, and, yeah. And then we, we do follow it with a five-day workshop that follows immediately on that. And there's a discount if you do both. And that's the wisdom of the tarot. And that's the course that Rachel and I have been teaching together for over 30 years. Wait, that's so going to be an entire, I'm interrupting. Five days. That's an entire five days. Five days up at Omega. Yeah. Wow. July 24th. Okay. So it's Sunday evening to Friday morning, the 29th. Wow. So, wow. and that's, that's amazing. People who came for the masters and didn't realize that we were doing the, the other one have signed up on the spot or they've been complaining. Why didn't mm. we know? So yeah. hopefully they're yeah. going to be back this year. Yeah. Well, um, I was just at Omega in September and ah. um, what was I going to say? So the grounds are beautiful and they're everybody who's okay. listening. If anybody wants to come, you know, by all means, it's going to be a beautiful experience for sure. Just first yes. of all, being in your presence and other great tar tarot, tarot readers and learning yeah. all about this, but then the grounds are beautiful also. And the food's yeah. interesting. Mm -hmm. There's a lake and um, yeah. they're being very careful about um, safety for yes. people. So yes. they make sure that there's opportunities for people to uh, be as spread out as they want or need mm -hmm. to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. This is exciting. Yeah. Um, I want to also say that your work is of uh, people were injured. People can't get to the Omega Institute or the tickets are all because it is, you know, it's not an unlimited place. They do, you know, I mean, they have I stayed there. I don't know if everybody stays there or people stay in hotels and come and come back or they stay at bed. Most and people try to stay there. Right. Yeah. Because I know that I stayed there when we were at the International Remote Viewing Conference back in September. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so so that was, you know, that was a we stayed there. But yeah. um what was I going to say? Oh, if anybody's interested in learning more about your courses and, and even taking an online course that you have all of these wonderful courses at the, um, and I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to put the links on the, on the podcast and on my YouTube channel and right. the global spiritual studies.com and that you've got your classes there. And yes. I mean, I was looking at this and I could get lost in there for hours, Mary, <laughs> hours, uh, yeah. such a wealth of information. So yeah. I do want to thank you and I want to be respectful of your time. And yeah. I am, um, so if there's anything that you want to add, because this has just been, this has been like a big delight. I feel like a child oh. in the candy shop and <laughs> learning about all oh. of these wonderful things with tarot from you. And yeah. if there's anything that you want to share uh, to our listeners before we oh. go. Um, mainly, I think that the cards help wake you up to the messages that we get every day mm. in all kinds of ways. 
Um, and so in a sense, they become um, living figures that can talk to us and relate to us um, that, um, and we begin seeing you know, situations in our life. It's not a one-way street that sometimes we are in a situation we recognize where we are through the cards, which can help give us a deeper level of meaning to the experience. Mm. So yeah. this leads me to, thank you. This leads me to yeah. another question. So if somebody were to wake up in the morning and feel kind of, uh, let's say funky, and they pulled out a deck, I'm just using yeah. this because this is a deck I've got here. Yeah. And then they shuffled them and they said, okay, tell me what I need to know for today. And mm -hmm. then they pull out the three cards and look them up in the, like Madame Lenormand or something Then we could get like an idea of like what I need Perfectly to know for fine. the day. Yes. Now there's one additional thing you need to do, and that's you pull the cards. You can look them up in the books if you want. Um, you should also write your first impressions. So okay. actually first pull the cards and write first impressions, mm -hmm. then look them up in the book and, um, and write also what is actually going on in your life and then come back to it. So the next morning when you're going to pull your next three cards, mm. write what actually happened that day. Mm. And for big things, Look at those again, you know, a couple of weeks later, several months later, a year later. And with the first reading I did with my ex-husband that I, who I was with for 21 years, I found the reading again. I put it someplace where I knew I would find it someday. And I looked at the whole thing again and got another whole level of meaning. Mm. This teaches you additionally what the cards mean. Mm -hmm. Because as you start and you start seeing where you lie to yourself and where you're actually willing to face things. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to make the, the reading say, oh, everything's going to be OK and it isn't, then you go, well, why, why was I so concerned with not facing the problem that was shown here? Or the other way, why do I keep looking at the cards, even if they're just slightly negative as something really bad, when it was a chance for me to, um, you know, strengthen ability by facing something difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, so you learn, you learn about yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you, when you're, if you're reading for other people, you start hearing where they're lying to themselves, or where they're uh, stuck in something. And, you know, you start recognizing that. So even as a reader for other people, you start seeing the human patterns that we have mm -hmm. um, of relating to the news and information that we get from things like the cards. Ah, fascinating. So yeah. fascinating. Oh, I'm so yeah. excited. I'm going to go get myself a book and a, another deck. What deck do oh, yeah. you have for Le Normand? What deck do you use? Um, I use uh, variations on the Dondorf uh, one. So, um, oh, I can't remember what these are called. Um, these I had to order from um, Europe. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, I'd have to send you a message because I'm okay. terrible I'm at remembering just, all the I'm names. I'm just curious. Well, you've got a thousand cards, yeah. so I don't expect you to. <laughs> I, I actually collect um, because antique tarot decks were way out of my price range from forever. But when I got into Lenormand, it was still relatively unknown. So I actually have um, a, a small but very nice collection of antique decks. Oh, and yeah, so that that was something that I was very lucky to be able to get on. They're now expensive. Now um, beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, Mary, I want yes. to thank you so much for being here on the podcast yeah. today and let our listeners know they can find they can find all the links at the end of the podcast and on YouTube. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for yeah. being here and with us today. Thank you.